0: Hello and welcome to The Ball Bags, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thanks very much for tuning in to this week's episode of The Ball Bags podcast. Episode 5, as has been the norm in this season delighted to introduce the chief how are you sir I'm good mate how are you not too bad not too bad it's been a while Um, and delighted to announce that for the first time this season fans of the Irish NRL show will be over the moon it's the Tash how are you sir
1: not too bad not too bad I just love the way this is just seamless the whole setup and stuff like this it's great just it's just like we, we off never left. Cuff. We never
0: left. Completely off the cuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ridiculous. Phenomenal stuff. No prep. Uh, one take. Uh, <laughs> that's pe- it. That's it. it. It's, it's the life we lead. Yeah, uh, definitely. Off the ball, you should be under serious pressure right now. <laughs> um, yeah, look, we'll, we'll kick things on. Um, as per norm, and we obviously don't know
2: going into this episode, but Chief, who was your player of the week and why? So player of the week was uh Cheslin Colby for the Springboks.
0: Not a bad shout. Not yeah, bad
2: I shout. I just think he unreal game against uh against France is obviously highlight real the charge down on Ramos and his try. So that's my two cents.
1: The, the sure. teammate. Yeah, they were they were talking about the the kids of Ramos, like and, and Kobe being the teammate of Toulouse, like he was able to sort of <laughs> <laughs> he's seen it before and seen it. The, they step back, like he was able to get there, like. Yeah,
0: that there was like a new angle drop today on social media, whatever, and it's just it's an exceptional play. He's pure fast twitch fiber as well. It's scary he's just, how fast he is. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, my player of the week. Look, ultimately, was probably the most disappointing Irish game in a long time. Um, but I just thought on balance of play, on balance of his whole World Cup, I just think aki is one of those few players of that squad who can't, who like will come away thinking he left it all out there. Um, absolutely exceptional. His try even was should have been a butchered attacking move, but he somehow managed to turn it around, beat four defenders, I think it was. Step two, and then straight through a gap. Um, But I just thought, went out on a shield, and he deserved a bit of praise. If if nothing else, at least a recommendation from the Sasquatch.
1: That means it all. That
0: means it all. And Tash.
1: And then my one is, I think all three of us went for rugby. I just went a little bit... Uh, little left field here. But the Premiership started again there at the weekend and some big signings, some, some big names back from the World Cup. But Finn Russell uh, did a, a summer move to bat and sort of was on the bench. I think he was 20, whatever he was. But he came on in 31 minutes into the game. Like it sort of changed over the game. And you just see the quality that he has and what way he's going to lead that very young bat side. With, is it Muller or whatever his name that was with Munster there, he's gone over to them, so it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to see what he does this season. Some real talented players at the back, like I think uh, what's your man, the the big black winger for England, Kaka Cock Nasinga is there. He yeah. scored an absolute worldly there at the weekend, like and just uh, Russell's quality is ridiculous, like.
0: Fair. Um If we have to pick one.
1: I think Bundy just being nationalist and
0: the do you know what I'd actually give it to Chaz and go away yeah I think watch the Ireland game back and and park your patriotism I think the France South Africa game is a bigger game is a better game sorry Um, and I just think beating this side in a home world cup on home ground I just think for me it's Jazz and Kobe. Look, and no disrespect to Kobe, a lot of a lot of disrespect to Fernando I ain't a huge fan, so he was never going to get for me. But uh, yeah, I think Jazz and Kobe for me.
2: I um, I didn't actually did see back? the Ireland game, so I can't I can't speak for Bundy's performance in that game. Um, <laughs> but in in the World Cup, he like up up to like the group stages, he was phenomenal. Um, but obviously having not seen it. Little left field, actually, player of the week was uh, Simba in the Lion King performance in the board, gosh and Saturday night. That's who I'd actually go for, because <laughs> that's the reason I didn't yeah, see the yeah, Ireland match. Talking, <laughs> no, but yeah, no, definitely. Chief, I, think, uh, I, think, I think it is
0: actually now Bundyaki. I yeah. think <laughs> Jaz and Kobe is gone, and your greatest signal is going to be yeah. going to be destroyed, yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> um. But look, we segue nicely to Agree to Disagree, and seeing as it's his season debut, Tash, for six glorious minutes, why don't you just take us? Take the wheel. Six
1: minutes! Oh, Jesus. So, um, I think it's sort of what I, after the sort of disappointment of the Irish game, you're sort of looking at. <laughs> you don't really want to look at the World Cup <laughs> as much anymore. So, you're, like rugby is my sport, so you start. You start like diving into what else is available, and the Premiership rugby is back. As I said, it's the first week there in England. Some of the results there at the weekend. I think it's sort of underrated across this side of the ditch. I think I know we have a Pro Fourteen and we have Top Fourteen and some of the Super Rugby still around, but I just think it's it's really. Like it's it's really enjoyable how, how it's played. Like some of the teams are so competitive. I know there's a few sort of sort of controversies last year with the Wasps, and then was the London Irish dropped out. With, mm. with as you say, they don't have the luxury of central contracts like we have over here. Uh, they're all owned by private owners. So if money and and uh, financial <laughs> woes start happening you see a lot of clubs dropping out like I know was went to, the, to I think to the very bottom division but just mm-hmm. over the weekend there if you have a chance to look at some of the highlights on YouTube they have they have actually a great premiership uh, channel on YouTube that, and they show all the highlights either they show them individually or it's in like a package of 21 minutes Like so it's really good to see but uh, like some of the big names are still there like you still have your Leicestershire Bristol your Exeter Saracens like at the weekend Exeter Saracens travelled to Exeter if you look at the English team, there's not that many Exeter uh, Saracens lads in it. But in other teams, that like Samoa, they're entrenched in some of the other smaller teams that you don't really know. Like, I think it's the second row for Samoa, Tim, I, I, his name escapes me, but he played exception at the World Cup. Didn't even know he played for Saracens. So just the quality they have in the English game is, is ridiculous, like.
0: Hmm uh lot to unpack. Um I think like touching on the clubs that have gone bust, it's it's not just a recent thing. They've kind of blamed it recently on kind of COVID and, and that's definitely accelerated. But it's it's kind of gone on for a long time in the UK, especially in Premiership Rugby. Like years and years ago we had Rich Richmond who had Augustine Pichot, had Felipe Contapome, did a plethora of superstars and they were atop the Premiership and then they went bust they're still they're currently in the championship after coming back up through the divisions but they were at one stage the wealthiest club in England I think it's less about the fact they're privately backed and it's more about the fact that they're not fiscally viable Um, like you can point out that you can pinpoint where the clubs go bust with wasps uh, it was the move to Coventry
1: yeah they sort of got out in London yeah they
0: moved they moved to a non rugby heartland area, uh, to a huge stadium in the Ricoh Arena without a fan base. And they expected it to be fiscally viable. It was it was kind of doomed from the get go. And they sort um, of
1: outspent their means as well with some of the signs they had, like, or some of the signs that were coming, you knew they were in trouble, like.
0: Exactly. Um that's why Monster got uh all, it was so cheap. Yeah. Um London Irish unfortunately it was the sign of Paddy Jackson they lost a huge amount amount of uh, funding from Diageo being the main one but just general strong second generation Irish companies in, in London uh, who would always support them because of the title of the club regardless even when they were out in Reading in the Majewski Stadium they'd always make the trip out there um, in terms of like it's competitive because I think They have a similar standard throughout the clubs. But in terms of how that translates to the European stage, we've not really seen that since Saracens, and we know what was going on at Saracens at the time. Mm, Yeah. They were infringing on the salary cap. Now, the problem with domestic rugby is probably the fact that we don't have a universal salary cap. So it's not the same across even Europe. It's not even the same in the URC, where the Irish clubs have a higher salary cap than everyone else. I don't know how that works with the South Africans now. They might be there
1: close enough, yeah. I think they're in the same sort of backing as us. I think they they South Africa yeah. sort of backs them as well. Like,
2: yeah, I like think, well I think it's kind of central. Um, I think what makes the Premiership competitive, though, is... Because the owners because there isn't that central contract, there isn't the need to rest players, so they're they're absolutely beating like flogging their players to death every week, you know. So six nation ends and if they have a big premiership game like Jamie George and Mauro Toddia are expected to be in the Saracens team the next Saturday and stuff, they don't get the rest that the Irish players do and and to an extent the South African players as well, you've seen during the year uh south african had a couple of training camps where their players weren't involved with the the orc teams and stuff so that has a lot to do with it it, it is a it's an okay quality though like it, it's certainly on much more of an even keel um teams like as you say results wise you don't you don't see the big drubbins in it and on any day anyone can beat anyone whereas you know, you know what's coming in the URC and the top fourteen.
1: You can nearly pick the top eight in the URC now yeah. at the start of the season, whereas the English League, you could get a few random players and random teams that go and run, like
0: yeah, absolutely. And and I think yeah, I think they kind of go back to your point. You said is it underrated? It probably is underrated. Uh, it's competitive and there's parity, but is it is it underrated because it's Lacking that bit of quality, mm. um, so competitiveness is fine, but is the lack of quality that means it's is why it's underrated? Um, yeah, no, oh, very good. Well, look, speaking of quality, and um, what a segue! segue. <laughs> um, Say this again. The NBA MBA tips off on Tuesday. So, if you listen to this over the weekend, Tuesday 24th of October, the NBA is back. And I don't know if you've seen any clips or if you've heard of the name Victor Wembenyana. He uh, has impressed in preseason coming off what was one of the most anticipated number one draft picks in recent years. Currently, if you want to paddy Power, his odds are rookie the year are at eleven to ten, which is one of the highest it was high in the American odds, but I like, can't wrap my head around them. Um with heady expectations what is his ceiling and what's his floor for both season one and his career? To kind of just briefly explain him to anyone that's not familiar, he is a ginormous freak with absolute handles. And some of his dunks and stuff he's he's done in preseason. It's it's space jam-esque. And you just see his big long arm coming out, but he's also able to shoot from the perimeter and he dribbles like Kyrie. He's just... His kid could be exceptional but uh yeah
1: and uh for the people that don't really follow nba what team is he involved with
0: he's with the spurs he's the drafted spurs. With the spurs very good so he's going to uh an all-time head coach and Greg popovich as well brand new facility as well i think it's like the, the perfect landing spot very good
1: it's not my sport so i don't know but uh <laughs> like for 11 to 10 that's a massive is it 11 to 10 you said it was the odds yeah that's odds ridiculous for odds for, for a fella I think some of the like odds like that put serious pressure on the whole organisation let alone the player like which is a bit cracked I think in the American League like they they get behind players so so heavily whereas we we don't really see them like I know preseason, season pre-season and he looks great like but when he the stretch of runs He's, they go on is ridiculous
0: he is French right. so he's not coming through the collegiate system he's coming from the Euroleague, EuroLeague so yeah, yeah. he's played professionally before and that's why he's so highly rated Um was in recent years we have a, had an influx of European stars and Luka Doncic hmm. Giannis they're and just a different Dominic way of playing as well don't they have seem to be a bit more pro ready yeah yeah, yeah. definitely the that they're, they
1: they look like head down and just work yeah.
0: um, I think Maybe this topic shouldn't have
2: brought it. Uh, no. you might have maybe with it when
1: I threw it <laughs> in the group. That's all I'm saying. Hey, hey, yeah, hey, okay. Hey, um, I thought Keith was Keith
2: was all into this American stuff. <laughs> no, I am. Um what he's has something like a is it an eight foot wingspan or something like yeah. so like absolutely he is it's gonna be like space jam esque uh, dunks and stuff throughout the yeah. the season and stuff. I suppose it's it's managing his expectations as well, though. Like which I think, as you hit the nail on the head. He's landed at a good spot with Popovich, like one of the best coaches still in the game and stuff. So, I think. He'll he'll, you know he'll ex- he'll drive him on, but he'll he'll keep him grounded and. Get, good numbers out of him, without overplaying him. I think as well. well
1: I think yeah. Popovich. or Popovich's system always sort of went to them European players better like like Parker, he Ginobli and all them lads. Like they all different had did, yeah. like he never really picked the real American style player. So he always went no, for these. Okay. Like there's a, I think there's a great one on uh what's your man, that retired the the centre for Popovich. Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan and every draft he's like, Who do we pick? <laughs> he's, like, he's like some of these names like he's like, What are you looking at like so it, it'd be interesting to see, and as you said, like being under pop, like it, it's 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 gonna stand to him something serious. Like of all the head coaches that are there, and his shocking outfit for the draft. I'm gonna to have to cop in it there, so it was not good. luck.
0: <laughs> French fashion. Own, on. He you did your game time. There's uh, a
1: lot of managing. material there.
0: <laughs> look, I, th- I think I think for me, uh, the big thing is gonna be. How he is managed I think he's a big body the one thing we've known from big bodies in the NBA is they do tend to get injured you look at Zion in Pelican I think he's going to be load managed significantly I wouldn't be surprised if he plays 70% or 60% of home games and 30% of away games um, and I think he would be load managed extremely um, so that's kind of my expectation for year one and I think seating for this fella, it's hard to predict. I think, I think sky is the limit. Um, There's a dunk, which I'll I'll try and throw up maybe on the socials or uh, maybe even just sharing the group, but he just is exceptional. And it, I've never seen a big man. I've seen big men who can shoot that's become increasingly popular, but I've not seen a big man that can dominate in the post, mm. can shoot from the perimeter. And has handles, which I just think is a scary, scary, scary concept. I'm just looking at his a, a few social posts here, and his, his, there's
1: one of his flexibility. Have you seen that one? Yes, that is ridiculous for the size of. What is he? Seven foot something.
2: He's seven two, seven three, or something. He's is doing he?
1: the splits, like. <laughs> so like he he's an seven at, foot four. Yeah. He's an athlete. Like he touched his toes there, but his head was at his knee. Like
0: which is ridiculous he's but like 7 foot 4 but he's at 95 kilos he's quite slight yeah, That's, that will be a concern for me
1: I'm 5 foot 9 and I'm 94
0: f- <laughs> yes <laughs> he hasn't had the career you've had just yeah, yet yeah, yeah, yeah. come at me bro <laughs> yeah
1: no, oh, it's one to watch one to watch I, yeah. I, I think my interest in, in some of the Americans wouldn't be as high as your lads but over the podcast hopefully I, I start to invest a bit more in what's that side
2: could be it could be a team to watch as well um, the Spurs for the coming years I think um, they'll probably build around uh, them and
0: ultimately it's the NBA so w- like anyone who follows it will be big on it for the first two weeks and, <laughs> and then, then it's, like yeah, to the it's like yeah play- playoffs, there are
2: 125 games <laughs> there playoffs playoffs in April May it's like yeah, yeah. I pay attention.
0: Then. Yeah, I pay attention after the All Star break in February. That's that. it. Yeah. Um Well,
2: finally, last but certainly not least, the chief. So, Give it up. after a heartbreaking quarterfinal exit uh, at the weekend, and having had a fairly nailed-on twenty-three f- barren injuries for the most part of this World Cup cycle. Do we feel Andy Farrell will experiment more to develop even greater squad depth, or keep with the tried and trusted minus the retirees, obviously? And you know, there's still doubts there on on one or two others for the long term. Yeah. And um, to unpack and I seen you chew it up, and
0: I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to." Too soon too, soon. too soon. <laughs> it hurts my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, Tash. Take take the lead here. Jesus, take the wheel.
1: No, I don't know. Um, it'd be interesting to see what way he goes at ten. I know Crowley is sort of the heir apparent. I think where Harry Burns was the heir apparent and did some good jobs in that, I thought, but he doesn't have the flash that Crowley has. And as you say, we talk about ceilings. I think Crowley's ceiling is much much higher than Harry Burns mm. or even Rossbourne, Like the two lads. Uh, Cabry is I think you could see Cabry going overseas in a few uh, while trying to get a bit of cash because I don't think mm. his numbers to Ulster well <laughs> Ulster. <laughs> is he going to Ulster <laughs> <laughs> he could be then as well but uh, I think his numbers are, are or his days are numbered in, in Munster and Irish rugby I think it's, it's injury has has sort of uh, shaped his career a bit now since nearly, it was the Fiji game remember that autumn international we got injured and he never sort of came back from that Monster sort of a curse without halves. So <laughs> poor Crowley touch wood, like comes through and breaks oh, that up.
2: Cotton, cotton it was, wool around him.
0: Yeah. Look, I think we actually kind of briefly touched on this maybe last week, maybe the week before. Um, for me, it's the 10 jersey is Crowley's until, and we don't know what, what is seen as Prendergast come, comes through. Mm. Um, the big thing, and I think I would be surprised if the other of you are having this conversation now, but with Munster but it would be if Jack Crowley is able to play Garbury is full back and that's it
2: mm. um,
1: well you're paying half his wage as well they should have some say in what to play yeah I
0: think um, I wouldn't be surprised if that that conversation isn't going on yeah I
2: think uh, and uh, I think with Munster at the moment Mike Haley is out until at least January he's, he's had a hip operation so there is there is a spot there at full back when when Crowley comes back into the setup for Joey to pop back there and who knows that 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 could be the the spot for him at Munster certainly he's he's not like no one's no one's taken Keenan's uh spot um yeah and like the squad the squad is pretty like i i, I don't think there, we're going to see massive changes i in, think
1: Peter O'Mattery Key Dirls and Johnny Sexton are probably the only ones that are going to drop out that squad
2: yeah
0: in, uh, in the next no. twelve months, I think Tyke Furlong is spent. Do you think, um, or he might take I th- an out sabbatical? I just don't think there was there was a, a huge amount from him in the World Cup. I think he looked laboured. Now, look, I I'd probably come from a Finley Bellingham in the interim, um, but I think there's probably more long term. I'd say Conor Murray is gone. I think we probably need to see a jump from Casey. Uh, so probably will be Gibson Park. Someone I'm very disappointed in, a few years ago I thought he was going to be, maybe Ireland's next number nine, is is Nathan Doak at Ulster. Hmm. Uh, he's kind of almost progressed. He had all the ability and then fucking
1: never really pushed on.
0: Yeah, other than that, Porter, Dan and they're going to be around. Byrne is going to be around, as is... Um,
1: James and, and Henderson, I think. James Ryan. Hen-
2: yeah, I think Henderson will only be 35 at the most, touching the next I- World Cup. The next World Cup, yeah. Do you know? Um, the back row... P.R.
0: Martin, has gone, but I'm never concerned about an Irish back row. No. Like, Caelan Dorris is there long-term. Josh Van Der Fleer is a, is a fair bit left in him.
2: We have a serious... Where do
0: you yeah. see Joe McCartney fitting in, though? That's where I want to know. Do you want to play him in the row or do you want to play him in the back row? Joe and McCartney, no. I think is. I think
2: he's second row. End beast, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think he's, he's possibly that next tie headlock
1: you nearly have like Ryan Bird is going to be knocking the door now for the next few years as well like yeah. know, the players that missed out in this World Cup like you start going through them you just have a platter exactly. is, do and, and we they're... have a 10 do we have a 10 that's going to do what Johnny Sexton did for us Like
0: yeah no but we... do we change the team do we change the, the way we System. play then like we have this conversation two years ago you're saying look maybe we need to just accept that we will have absolute mediocrity of fly half and we need to win games elsewhere I think that conversation has changed with the emergence of Crowley because he's not Johnny Sexton but he's calm composed and he's shown in clutch moments i.e. the URC even when he came on against South Africa that he can handle it yeah he was well able yeah so and I think the way like
1: it all depends then on Farrell I think you give him the fucking contract till the next fucking World Cup do you? Yeah, I,
2: I, yeah. I think so. I think, I think so. he's he's, think he's done it, a good enough job to deserve it.
1: There's nothing like it, it, I think our draw in the World Cup was probably the most harshest draw in. Like South Africa and us were probably duped into and thinking like this is going to be ridiculous with with Scotland being in our group. So the top five teams in the world were in one cl- were in one group, and then we had to go play arguably the third best team in the world then again so you had yeah. <laughs> you had three you three like quarter fi- like f- nearly finals I thought like South Africa and the all Blacks are nearly final World Cup finals like in a way that I, you had to get up
0: there and I, I also an element of it is I do think it was how the group stage panned out like because we we kind of finished with two must win games yeah like if we had maybe Scotland first game two games in the middle and then South Africa at the end, yeah. or vice versa, hmm. or even the third game. But we just we played two games. How it came, we had a few bodies, i.e., Sexton, Dan Shee, and Jack Oan to get back. Yeah, it big. actually worked for us in that way. But it probably would have worked better if it was the way you say, yeah. it. like hmm. that. You,
1: you could have stuck Crowley in us. there if it was Scotland in the first game. You'd be happy to stick him in. South Africa maybe not, but it's it, he would have done his job in this Scotland game. Mm. There are enough players around him that to do a better job, like mm.
0: yeah. Um yeah, and even you look at the back line, it's not it's not terrible. Bundy probably won't be there next World Cup. Mm. Gary Ringles probably will be.
2: Yeah, It'll should be, be his
0: last World Cup. Mac Hansen I think is only going to be twenty nine the next World Cup.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Hansen Hansen's actually much younger than I think a lot of people realise. Yeah. Hugo Keenan yeah. we find James Lowe
0: probably
2: might not make it to the next no. World Cup but there's there's young. good wingers there as well like again you you look at the people to miss out like Calvin Ash at Munster um, like Jimmy O'Brien was in the squad like he's quite young and he's he's, he's versatile so yeah I think there's one or two areas like loose head loose head depth and tight head depth is obviously the biggest probably areas of concern Second rows, mm. like the two Murray brothers at Connacht, I know they haven't been in the setup, but they're phenomenal out operators, and mm. they've quite a bit of bulk about them as well. Munster obviously have a good few uh, second rows there as well, and even Gavin Coombs has been playing a bit of a hybrid uh, lock uh, back row role at Munster so there's options there it's just it's it's really the 10 is the 10 I think is Crowley's and then the props are the prop depth chart is just a little bit it's looking a little bit light now I think
0: yeah you know it, it is like for world
2: class props you know like when you had Porter Healy on the loose head side with Kilcoyne and Lockman backing up and then Furlong and Belem like even Tom O'Toole is he's a great prospect at tie head but I I do think you you could be onto something with Furlong that he might just be a spent force yeah it's it's yeah
0: it's not an age thing I just think it's miles in the clock mm. mm. it'll be
1: interesting to see how Leinster Leinster like play him um, this side of Christmas like yeah will he even get a game
0: <laughs> yeah very true Um, cool that brings us to the end of Agree to Disagree. Uh look, this whole episode has been very rugby themed, but what do you expect in the semi finals of the World Cup this weekend? Um Premiership is back obviously this weekend. NFL is still kicking around. So look, maybe a bit more nuanced and a bit more palatable for the non rugby fans next week. But uh must watch T V this weekend, gents. Chief, I think it's yourself first.
2: Yeah, so I've gone with the New Zealand Argentina semi final. I think I think this will be closer than most people will probably give it credit for. Um we know we know Argentina can cause New Zealand troubles um, from the rugby championship and stuff, so I think the I can't see anyone pass South Africa in the, the other semi final, um, to be perfectly honest. So that's why I'm going go, of the two I'm going for this one and it's on Friday at eight o'clock.
0: Maybe we can tankers to say that's a patriotism rising its head again, but I (laughs) can't agree. No, I just, um, my must-see TV for the weekend is only technically the weekend if you're brave enough. Um, (laughs) So it's technically Monday morning. Uh, So basically 20 past one, Monday morning, Sunday night. The Eagles host the Dolphins probably not getting the I'm biased obviously I am an Eagles fan probably not getting the hype attention it probably deserves but it's two 5-1 teams um, and I think it could be a bit of a doozy uh, styles make fights and stylistically I think it's very interesting even as a neutral So. some of the yeah, points in Miami past...
1: are, play, are putting up now is ridiculous Like.
0: exactly mm, it's going to um, be a great game so 20 past one uh, Space Sports main event
2: or some dodgy stream somewhere might might just brave that one out. Yeah. Watch it. That's Benji. I <laughs> almost got through the episode with
0: yeah, yeah. the appearance Benji. Did you make an appearance? He's like no, not having it.
2: Yeah. yeah special you know. guest Benji in the house. Yeah. I
0: don't know
1: he's up. Uh, then, then, then the last one then we'll finish off quick if we can. Uh, I'm sticking on the Premiership Rugby, uh Leicester take on the Sharks on Saturday at uh, three o'clock. It's two like say big clubs in, in England are going, to, are going to face each other not with their English stars but they're definitely these two teams you'll, you'll follow the whole way through the, the, the season I think George Ford has gone to Leicester he's not going to play this week as he's still over in uh, France but it'll be interesting to see how these two teams meet the next time they come around Perfect.
0: and if you didn't hear it through the microphone Benji's recommendation is the Merseyside he said twelve on Saturday and um, so close so close close. (laughs) enjoy your sporting weekend that's all from me me too that's all from me thank you and good night